0: morning, a major hurdle clear.
1: The bill is passed. Late last night, the House passing the deal negotiated by President Biden and Speaker McCarthy to raise the debt ceiling and doing so with ease and bipartisan support. Tonight, we all made
0: history because this is the biggest cut and savings this congress has ever voted for
1: all right so here's the thing uh 1470, 100.3 wmbd it's the craig collins show uh yes there are cuts uh yes there are more cuts than you'd assume there'd be uh, knowing that the democrats do have control of our government more so than republicans uh, since they just uh, the republicans just have the house uh, but what's interesting about it is at a time when there was crazy crazy amounts of spending In the world of our government over the last few years because of COVID, it would rationally make sense for there to be cuts and way deeper cuts than the cuts that we actually saw. Uh, Essentially, there is much, much less than a lot of Republicans uh, wanted there to be and a lot of Democrats um, deciding to help uh, push this measure through the House should demonstrate the uh, likelihood that Republicans did not win to the degree that McCarthy is selling that they won. Uh, McCarthy might lose his job. Uh, Republicans may move forward in something they put in uh, to the Speaker of the House role before they eventually allowed him to have it. Uh, because as you remember, that was very contentious and a whole lot of votes went down. And so I don't know uh, if, if McCarthy will uh, be proud or not if this will be his his legacy-defining moment in his short time as speaker if he winds up uh, losing the gig. But that's all stuff that um, is yet to be seen. Uh, will be down the road. Uh, will this debt ceiling and this budget bill essentially get uh, through the rest of the political system? I, I think, yeah. I think very, very likely the answer to that is yes, uh, now that it's made it through the House and through the Rules Committee and all the – roadblocks that might have been um, more threatening, and then eventually it'll be put into law. By the way, another thing that I think is interesting, and this is getting uh, far less coverage, and obviously sort of so, I guess, uh, since the debt ceiling is all anyone was talking about, uh, the Senate also voted to overturn Biden's uh, student loan relief program. Uh, that vote was close, 52-46, but that means some moderates and or Democrats like a Joe Manchin uh, voted a no on this. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, President Biden said that he'll veto it when it gets to his desk, and then the Supreme Court decision about the uh, student loan debt forgiveness, which is coming up at some point later this month, will still be the definitive answer as to whether or not a whole lot of people uh, get 10000 or $20,000 of their student loans forgiven. I just thought it was interesting uh, that you had the House, you had the Senate, you had a lot of the people in political positions in our country. It's not like they do a lot of things that reflect society, uh, that that they do – you know, that they vote uh, essentially in a way that benefits the people. Uh, but if and when the the Supreme Court rules and they don't go the way that people expect them to go, uh, which is to um, strike down uh, Biden's student loan debt forgiveness. But if they say that it's allowed, uh, which would be surprising, then all this stuff becomes even more interesting as far as ways in which politicians may try to continue to fight uh, to disallow it. But if uh, something were to get vetoed, the the Republicans and the moderates would not have the votes to overcome a presidential veto. I just thought it was an interesting thing that's kind of uh, rolling under the radar today and wanted to throw that out there. Um, I saw a couple different things in the world of both former President Trump and Ron DeSantis on the campaign trail. I thought this was an interesting moment for uh, Trump, who was speaking to a a room of conservatives. Uh, A young woman stood up. Sounds like she just graduated high school and she had some questions about education, about parents' roles in education, uh, something she said was uniquely important to her. Uh, and she actually I, – I liked this moment. I'm not going to play the audio. Uh, but she also, when Trump asked her if she got good grades, kind of said, well, kind of, sort of, like she was very um, um, humble about it. And then someone else who was moderating the event goes, you know, she just got a full ride to Yale. She got very good grades, got a very good scholarship. That young lady is very intelligent. And Trump uh, made kind of a nice light moment of that, uh, telling her how modest she was. Uh, But then he said the thing that I think a lot of people just believe. And whether you hate the former president or love the former president, whether you think he's the only one, On the conservative side of the aisle who could uh, do the job correctly, which I think is silly, or whether you think he's the only one who should not be allowed to do the job, uh, which I also think is silly, the way in which he delivers these answers and these simple conversations is the reason he's been so successful and remains so popular uh, in the Republican Party or just in politics in general, is the simple message, the simple statement, how are we even really talking about this, Uh, which is this is how uh, the former president handled that.
0: Can you imagine we even have to talk about parental control and having parents, basically having parents get involved? We have school systems that don't even want to talk to the parents about their children. And you talk about changing gender and things where the child can make a choice and the child can be unbelievably young. The country has gone sick. It's gone sick. And I don't like the term woke because I hear woke, woke, woke. You know, it's like (laughs) just a term that use half the people, can't even define it. They don't know what it is. But you look at these things like uh, women getting, you know, competed with, with, you know, men that, we're men and are men, and they're out there swimming and setting records. You see the records that are being broken, <laughs> records that uh-huh. lasted for 19 years are being
1: broken by, you know, 30. Se- by the way, there is something that's unique also about this politician slash uh, celebrity, uh, whatever uh, you consider our former president Donald Trump to be, uh, most um, or just a, a person that was a powerful a uh, business um, individual in New York, is he was asked, what do you think of education and parents' roles in it? And we're 45 seconds deep into this answer, and we've transitioned to some other stuff. And uh, I don't think the audience is is unhappy to hear his thoughts on these other things. Uh, but this is a unique aspect of the former president, too, is that, you know what? It doesn't matter what the question is. I have four or five things I want to talk about. Seconds, they're trying to win by a
0: sixteenth of a second for in swimming on one of the events. A sixteenth of a second. They're trying to win for years. And a guy comes along and breaks the record by, you know, numbers that will never be broken again unless uh, you have another guy come along and then you'll probably have it broken. The whole thing is is crazy. I'm not a fan of LeBron James, but I said, you know, if I were the coach of a women's basketball team, I would have the greatest team. I'd say, uh, LeBron, would you like to become a woman? Wow. (laughs) And... And I go to another four or five big guys and I'll say, how about we will be undefeated for many, many years.
1: Yeah, uh, that is a a almost stand up comedy version of a joke there delivered by the former president while at a campaign event while running for the the office of president. And the unique delivery, everything about it, uh, the idea of suiting up a WNBA team that features LeBron and four other um, big guys, uh, which is how Trump said it is is a way to cut through. I think a lot of the conversations that go on and have a message uh, that seems to appeal to a lot of people, a lot of parents, uh, a lot of parents of kids, uh, especially of, of young girls like the girl who answered the question uh, that wonder if they can compete in certain sports the way in which we talk about things today. It's just it's just odd uh, again. And it, it seems to be. And there is this other story. I'll go ahead and transition to that, too, uh, before I take a break. Uh, there's this other story about the former president and an audio tape. Uh, The claim right now, I think, made by CNN, MSNBC has reported on it a lot, too, is that the audio tape is going to be very damaging and very beneficial to one of the court cases going against going after the president uh, for his handling of classified documents. The unique thing about this, though, about this story, which will sound very similar Uh, To a lot of people that remember the times that media said that uh, Trump is on his, you know, last rope, Uh, Trump is about to be in a whole lot of trouble, Russia, 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 and those other things that come to mind, is the media outlets reporting on this admit they haven't heard the tape. They're like, yeah, no, somebody who knows stuff told us a thing, and we're going to tell you the thing, and we're going to let you know that the thing is real, and uh, we have not verified it. I just want to draw the parallel between the Hunter Biden laptop and being told by all of those same media outlets, we can't verify this, we can't talk about it, there's no way to do it, and this story, where you're told that there's something on an audio tape that might wind up relevant in a courtroom down the, down the line in the future and you report about it immediately, it's hilarious. It doesn't mean it's not real. It it could wind up being real. This could wind up being true. I have no reaction uh, to the likelihood of that uh, right now because there's no actual definitive proof that it's a thing. Uh, But if that that comes out, uh, we would talk about it then, uh, and you'd assume the media outlets would actually – I want to wait till then to cover it. But it's just very interesting to me. And it's the thing I kept thinking about when I saw this story pop up literally everywhere. It's on uh, pretty much all of the main media outlets. Uh, it's on a bunch of different um, uh, website, you know, news outlet places. And the the thing that you just easily find is that even though the audio claims to eviscerate uh, the former president and Trump's defense in his handling, handling of classified documents, no one's heard it. Uh, that's saying that they you know, uh, know that it's going to be a real big deal. And so, again, the Hunter Biden laptop could not be verified, could not be verified, and then eventually was verified by some of those news outlets that said they couldn't do it. And in this case, we're going the exact opposite road. I wonder what the difference is, uh, I said, as sarcastically as humanly possible. All right, quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's The Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins show. You can text this show, uh, 309-340-4464 is the text line. You can actually also leave voicemails there. It is my uh, cell phone number. I'm giving out on the radio, 309-340-4464 to send me a text. Uh, to talk about anything I'm talking about or tell me, I mean, it, whatever you want to do, I'm fine with it. I just got a text from someone that said, at this point, I would trust wolves more than I would trust politicians. If you were surrounded by a bunch of wolves, it would be better uh, in some ways, according to this person. Hilarious, and I agree with you, uh, than being surrounded by politicians uh, telling you stuff. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people on both sides of the aisle uh, feel that way. Uh, politicians lie. Democrats lie. Republicans lie. Uh, they all lie a lot uh certainly and it's you know uh not stopping anytime soon uh because well and I, I do think this and then i'll move on uh the side of the aisle that supports a political position doesn't require their side to tell the truth uh they don't care um more or less when the truth comes out um a lot of the time uh, certainly i think this happens a lot with liberal media um and you know it doesn't matter if it's a lie the president lied today uh, when he was giving a speech to the air force in just like weird stupid ways and I'll get to that audio later on. He claimed that he applied to go to, um, you know, the Air Force Academy. And that's, that's not true. <laughs> and I don't know why you made that. I don't know why that lie happened. And no one will care. It won't be all over the news anywhere, but it's just a continuation of Biden just making stuff up. And then also getting lost on stages and eventually falling over. Uh, Those are all things that occurred. I think this Elon Musk Twitter story is interesting. That's a nice lead-in here. Uh, The Daily Wire is a company, a website, um, influential in the world of conservative news media. And they created a documentary a while back, uh, one of the people that works there did, uh, called What is a Woman?, if you've never heard of this, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, the gist essentially is that a person that works at The Daily Wire, uh, which is a conservative platform, uh, went and asked people that question and then let people struggle to answer that question more so than interjecting a lot of opinion into the movie itself it's it's in there i think i think there's a lot of of, i haven't actually seen the whole movie a lot of voiceover moments and things that, that add the perspective of the person who created it but by and large the movie is a demonstration of people on a side of the aisle the movie creator is not on saying things that seem Oddly difficult to to figure out. There, there's a lot of contradiction. It's an interesting film, to say the least. Uh, there was a agreement, I guess, at some point with Twitter and The Daily Wire to put this movie up as a documentary on Twitter. And then I guess some people at the uh, social media company, not Elon Musk, Uh, tried to uh, change their position on that and even threatened to um, reduce the exposure of anyone that was putting it up. Throttle is the word for it, Uh, putting it up on social media, the one-year anniversary of the creation of the movie. The reason I think this topic is so intriguing is how Elon answered the question. Someone said, hey, um, why is Twitter uh, changing its position and and not going to allow the Daily Wire to promote or even uh, put – uh, their movie up in your social media platform, uh, they are saying that they're not going to do it, that they're upset because the movie, quote, misgenders uh, individuals. And here's what Elon Musk said. He goes, this was a mistake by many people at Twitter. It is definitely allowed uh, the documentary itself. Whether or not you agree with using someone's preferred pronouns, this is still Elon's tweet, not doing so is at most rude and certainly breaks no laws. That is true. There are no laws that are being broken uh, by this uh, version of a conversation we have in our society. Elon went on. He said, I should note that I personally do use people's preferred po- pronouns, um, just as I, I, I use someone's preferred name, simply from the standpoint of good manners. However, for the same reason, I object to rude behavior. Uh, threats of violence, et cetera, et cetera, if the wrong pronoun or name is used, meaning someone gets uh, very, very upset if you uh, don't follow whatever rules uh, they're telling you to follow. Why I think that is so interesting, uh, just quickly, uh, is because it's absolutely accurate in the world of uh, legal, illegal, in the world of so many things that uh, used to matter in society and don't seem to matter much Anymore. Uh, there are people, I think now, and not just people who are asking you, hey, I use this pronoun for me or that pronoun for me or call me this name or that name, uh, but people who are standing on the sidelines of that conversation and yet want it to go a certain way uh, that get very vocally um, angry, upset, um, willingly, I think, um, you know, behave a certain way, almost as if uh, the belief that something is legal or illegal is actually out there. Uh, so, Elon making that simple statement and saying that it's, it's allowed on Twitter. It's not breaking any laws. It's not breaking any rules of ours. You can put it out there. And if you don't agree or agree with it, that's part of the, the reason for both sides having equal access to a platform. Uh, I think it's, it's great the way Elon responded and then even added in personally, I do things a certain way. And I've said it on this very show, and I've actually gotten a couple text messages from people or uh, Facebook messages from people saying that I'm, I'm uh, you know, bending to the will of someone else. Now, I, on a personal level, I think there's decisions we make. If someone tells me their pronouns are something or something or their name is something, I'm not going to look that person in the eye and tell them no. I, I don't know why I would. It doesn't matter. Uh, in the sense that it's not a fight or an argument that I have any interest in having. Um, so I I don't uh, have those. So I use someone's preferred pronouns, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. And that's essentially what Elon is saying. Not only is he not going to tell people how to handle the situation, he's not going to force um, Twitter to have an opinion, yes or no, on the situation. And I think that's what a lot of companies... In other, um, you know, conversations or learning and wishing uh, they had done, not having an opinion on some of these things. All right. Quick break. A lot more. I will talk about Taylor Swift tickets uh, coming. Now, I'm not giving any away. No one's winning any on this show. But I have a story that's connected to some Taylor Swift tickets that went for a lot of money. And someone who's upset with the decisions made after the purchase of the tickets. Uh, that and more coming up, though. Uh, Will's got you covered. AM, it's 1470. FM, 100.3. All over the internet. WMBDRadio.com and the WMBD Radio app. Here's Will Stevenson. Am I still giving you a ride, though, to the Taylor Swift concert this weekend? No, I don't need one, man. No, oh, I'm good. All yeah, right. fine. Yeah, are you huh? guys covering it? Is the uh, news trying uh, to go? that's none of your business. <laughs> all right, sorry, oh. sir. <laughs> that's all right. 1470. WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I'm excited to bring my next guest on the air because he is a ringmaster at the circus, which is a very, very cool uh, job, in my opinion, and a job I don't know exactly how one falls into. uh, But the guy's name is Lucky. Uh, He is from South Africa. He's toured the world for a while uh, for the circus. The Spectacular Circus is coming to Peoria. It will be here on Friday and Saturday uh, in a little more than a week. Uh, But thank you so much for joining us and being a part of the show uh, lucky how are you doing you have a really cool job you are from South Africa uh, South Africa you get to travel the world uh, you are a ringmaster for the circus how does one become a ringmaster for the circus oh man first of all you have to love what you do you have to love waking up in a different
2: area code every day you have to love <laughs> entertaining people and I know you know we can relate uh, yes. but you know it's all about the love of what you do now. I didn't start off just as a ringmaster. You know, being in the circus, you got to wear a little bit of all of the hats. I was an acrobat. I was a contortionist. I was a trapeze artist. I did a little bit of everything in the circus world until they were like, here's a microphone. Let's see what you can do with that.
1: (laughs) You know, i got to ask you then, because I saw in your bio that you uh, trained with the Bone Breakers. Uh, who are currently a part of the show. Um, how does one uh, decide that these are the kind of things that, and I know you just said that part of it's the performing thing, but you seem like a bit of a daredevil too. I think you're even in the double wheel of destiny uh, for this show at our circus coming up here. So is there is there a certain you know like a, a type of person uh, that you happen to be that likes those moments, those rushes of adrenaline?
2: That's exactly right. Actually, you hit you hit the nail right on the head. So yeah, definitely. You know, I'm kind of a little bit of an adrenaline junkie, um, and, and you know, it's fun being an adrenaline junkie while again to entertain people while doing it. So you know, it's the best of both worlds. So as the type of person I am, I just love having people at the edge of these seats, and like you said, I do the double wheel of death right at the circus with my partner. And, uh, he walks on the outside, which is really incredible. And it's really daring. So we do all kinds of incredible stuff. And, you know, this show has performers from all over the world. You know, we have animals as well. So we want the whole family to come out and check it out. And we even have specials going on on our website if you go to SpectacularCircus.com. dot com, Get your tickets and get your tickets early.
1: Yeah, yeah, I see that. If you buy the tickets now, there's an easy way to get a discount. The show is on uh, June 10th at 630 at the Expedition uh, Gardens uh, Outdoor Arena. Uh, it sounds like a blast. I'm a bit of a Daredevil 2 man, but not like you. I, I love my motorcycle. I love some of the things that I've done, and like jumping out of a plane in my life. But the fact that you get to do this every single night, does it ever get old? Are you ever in the middle of something that's really uh, scary? Um, and, you know, to you, it's its no big deal. It's just a typical day of the the week at your job? It's just
0: a typical
2: day in the office. That's how I look at it. But nice. Nice.
1: <laughs> You know, no, I never
2: get bored of it. Like I said, if you love what you do, it's not really considered a job. So I love what I do. You know, so Mm. every day waking up and doing what I love, it couldn't be nothing else in the world. And you know, speaking of motorcycles, you're a motorcycle lover. We have a motorcycle on a wire. That's right.
0: Nice. Not
2: you have. That's right. Right. He's riding a Harley up a motorcycle while having his partner beneath him, and they're doing all kinds of incredible tricks. Almost 50 feet in the air, you simply have to see it. But it's fun, man. You know, I can't explain how much fun it is just seeing all these people from all over the world coming together and entertaining families from uh, your communities. And it's just incredible, and I love seeing families come back together and enjoying a live-action show. Instead of just being on social media all day and, you know, being boxed into the screen, this is a live action show. You get to see people from all over the world doing incredible things live in your face, being suspended by their hair. These three lovely young ladies just today with you. There's a guy being shot out of a cannon. You know, we even have all performing house cats. Whoa. Right. You heard me. House cats
1: are doing tricks at the circus.
2: Okay. How hard is it to be? The only performing. Buffalo act in the world.
1: Right. How hard is it to be fired out of a cannon, man? Is that something I could do, or do I need some training before I do that?
2: Oh, you definitely need some training. We're not just going <laughs> to shove you in there. All right, man, fine. hey, just shoot you in there. No, no, no. Okay. You, know, you have to have special training. You know, special training is required. You have to know how to do it safely. Yeah. So that you are able to do it every day and every show.
1: Yeah, uh, let me ask you this. You speak seven languages. Uh, you seem like a guy that's um, very... You know, uh, knowledgeable, uh, very experienced. Why is the circus the place that you like to to, uh, spend your day, the place you've built your career? Um, You know, it sounds like you could do a lot of stuff if you wanted to do a lot of other things in your life. Uh, Why this?
2: Uh, Man, just, first of all, you know, there's no other place that I would see that you can entertain every generation of family. I'm talking about from the grandparents all the way down Mm -hmm. to the grandkids. You know, there's no other place where everybody could come together and just have fun at once. You know, you can go to a movie theater but it's not the same, you know. Yeah. We interactive. I love to see families just come together, just enjoying themselves because circus is all about family, you know, it started off as a family tradition, just families touring the country, seeing the country about entertaining other families. And I think I've always kinda kept that in the back of my mind as that's what I love to do. I just love entertaining families. And I want, you know, because I have children as well, I want them to be able to, to see the country while doing what they love, while seeing their dad doing what they love, you know, not just be that dad and be like, oh, man, I got to wake up again <laughs> and go to work yeah. and come back not have time for you guys, you know. Amen. So we're always, we're always together. We're always traveling together. And just seeing families getting entertaining, because I'm a big family guy, man. There's nothing... That beats that, you know, and being a dad devils and just putting smiles on people's faces while doing it is no other feeling in the world.
1: Well, let me ask you, because it's actually interesting, kind of what you said there uh, a little bit ago, as well as there, about putting the phones down, having experience, doing it as, as an entire family. Uh, there are very few scenarios where you need the phone to be down. Even at the movie theater, people seem to pick up the phone and text. So is there something that you get, like maybe a thrill from that too, or just an experience you've had where you see an entire family, little kids and everybody, all eyes glued on you, no one caring about what text messages they're getting. In that moment, they're they're just watching and enjoying the circus. That's, that's an adrenaline and a feeling that you cannot beat. It beats believe it or not,
2: jumping out of a plane, you know, it, <laughs> <Awesome>. beats, <laughs> it beats that feeling, man. It's yeah. something that's just incredible because you have a full undivided attention. Mm-hmm. You're showing them that this is possible. You can do it. You know, if I can do it, hey, you can do it. You don't have to be the next top model. You don't have to sure. be on, you know, social media, sure. you know, trying to be viral. You can just be you. In a circus, because if you come to think about it, life within itself is a circus. So why not tour around while doing that? Why not just have fun while doing that? Why not, you know, expand your capabilities and expand your talents in a circus?
1: I love I love you saying life in itself is a circus. So why not go to the circus? There's no better pitch than that. Are you royalty? I saw in your bio that uh, Prince Malati might have been the guy who trained you, and that's also your uncle. Are you? Am I speaking to a yes. royal?
2: Oh man, I wish I really wish, but no, that's his name actually. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Malazzi is his name. <laughs> cool. I
1: didn't know if I should it's start addressing name. you as your highness. I didn't know how I should keep talking to you, Lucky. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. Just lucky. Just lucky. That's it. Perfect. But he's
2: the guy that taught me everything, man. He, you know, he groomed me to be the great man that I'm trying to be, and I'm, you know, moving forward and being in my life. You know, he's trained me. He's always advised me. He still advises me till this day. So I have to say thanks to him, you know, his name. Yeah. And I named Miles. My son after him as well, so Uh, he was a great guy.
1: That's awesome. Before I let you go, uh, just out of curiosity, is there anything else that you haven't mentioned that you think is a must-see for the show that's coming up on the 10th, which is uh, Saturday uh, at 6.30 here in Peoria? Yes,
2: actually, it's uh, Friday and Saturday, June 9th and June 10th. Thank you. Now, what I do say is I'll let people know that coming an hour early, you know, I mentioned been interactive, and that's what we do an hour before the main show. You know, we get everybody down on the circus floor, get the kids they face painted, let them, you know, ride on the animals, the camels, the ponies, you know, get their face painted. Now, you can even meet some of the artists. You know, I'll be down on the circus floor, but what I love about the hour before the show is I'm more like Where's Waldo, you know. <laughs> I'm there. You see me, but you can never really tell that I'm there. So it's fun, man, because I get to interact with the people, and by the time they realize, oh, that's the ringmaster, so they're like, hey, that's the guy we were talking to, and that's the guy we took a picture with. So, you know, it's it's fun. So come in an hour before the show, you know, if the show is at 6.30, come in at 5.30. Yeah. Enjoy the pre-show party. You know, enjoy all the fun before the main event. So get your tickets now at Dot. Like I said, we have a lot of deals on there. There's always a way for you to save because, you know, it's a circus, but it's also affordable for the entire family.
1: You know, is that rare, uh, by the way, for the ringmaster to be hanging out and kind of just chit-chatting with people that are showing up an hour before the circus? Is that something you do to go above and beyond? Because I'm not sure that I've casually gotten to meet a ringmaster before a show like this before.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, that's just something that I do, you know. I just love interacting with the audience. I just love getting to know people. That's awesome. You know, I just love talking to kids. And I love, you know, dancing with them, doing TikToks, all that stuff. <laughs> I just love interacting with them. So, nice. you know, even by the time I step into that ringmaster role, they feel like they already know me. Yeah. So that's the extra level, that extra te- uh, step that I take.
1: Yeah, that's uh, very cool, and I will go ahead and echo it, and thank you for uh, correcting me on that. There's a show at 6.30 on Friday. There are two shows on Saturday. you got one at 1 o'clock, end at 6.30. All the tickets are available at SpectacularCircus.com. Uh, there is a discount right now if you buy those tickets, so definitely uh, get them ahead of time instead of getting them at the door. Uh, but very, very cool, and as you said, show up an hour early. Uh, really a thrill to talk to you, man. I wish I spoke more languages. Uh, you speak seven. I speak <laughs> just one.
2: Oh man that that's fine. You know, we'll just say I speak
1: one for now. All right, so well, well give me now. give me a goodbye in any of the other languages you speak and we'll end it there. Sala kahle
2: and I hope to see you at
1: the circus. Fantastic. Thanks so much, buddy. Quick break. A lot more 1470 100.3 WMBD. 1470 100.3 WMBD it's the Craig Collins show. Uh, thanks for being with us. A lot of stuff as always to talk about. Megan Kelly has been crushing it on her uh, podcast, her show. The Megyn Kelly Show. Uh, today, she did an interview with uh, Tara Reid, uh, not the actress Tara Reid, who you remember from movies like American Pie. Uh, but Tara Reid, uh, the person who worked in politics on the Democratic side of the aisle and accused uh, now current President Joe Biden of sexually assaulting her back in the 90s. Uh, The interesting reason or the um, significant reason uh, that Tara Reid is back in the news is that she is uh, moving to Russia and she's applying for dual citizenship there. And one of the things that's being said a lot of places is that she stopped feeling safe here in the United States. And so uh, Megyn Kelly really pushed for an answer as to why uh you um are, you know, relocating to Russia while you're looking for dual citizenship. And I thought some of that back and forth was really fascinating because again, if you're talking about this uh beyond the things that that Tar Reed is saying in this interview, uh then you might have other suspicions as to whether or not say uh politicians or or anyone else is is pressuring, threatening uh, Tara Reid, and then I also heard Mark Lee, Van Camp, and Robbins talk about this whole story earlier, and how it it is interesting. Uh, there are people that come forward and, and accuse politicians or celebrities or people of stuff similar to what uh, Tara accused Biden of, and a lot of those individuals we are told that we uh, need to believe, and we shouldn't have any sort of conversation otherwise. And then for whatever reason, most of media was willing to dismiss. Uh, the claims of of this woman. Uh, so it, it's a weird double standard, uh, yet again existing in the world. But here's the back and forth that was probably the the most significant moment uh, where Megyn Kelly really did challenge uh, Tara to tell us why she's trying to relocate to Russia. Why seek citizenship in Russia? Why not? I mean, like, why can't I be free to seek citizenship, dual citizenship, wherever I want? Like people have European passports and they have American passports. Why not? I'm doing I'm doing a book thing here i also got um um another book that's coming out in september a manuscript that got approved um so i needed to do research here and i wanted to go back and forth and i wanted the you benefit can go back and forth of, as an american you can I, i've been to russia a couple times over the past five years. You, you can yeah. go back and forth as an american you can go back and forth but i, I wanted to explore doing both and I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's nothing no, wrong it with... It doesn't sound right. In- I, th- there's, th- I got red flags all Whoa. over it when you say that. There's got to be a reason, Tara. What, what is the reason? Come on. The reason is that I, I personally find this country beautiful. And um, for the first time, I felt safe. And I felt free. And... I wasn't feeling that in the United States. That was really the only moment in the whole interview, and there's quite a bit more, and I might get to more of that audio later, uh, where Tara went down the the uh, pathway in the conversation of saying she felt unsafe in the United States. A lot of it just seems like a personal preference thing. Uh, There were moments where she started to talk about uh, what Megyn Kelly referred to as uh, geopolitical stances and and policy and and other forms of of conversation. and They weren't really relevant to the human experience of the person and why they're doing a certain thing, why they aren't uh, doing certain things in the world. Uh, So I thought it was really interesting. It it sort of uh, punches a hole. In the narrative that the biggest reason, at least the biggest reason that uh, Tara Reid was willing to admit during an interview with Megyn Kelly uh, for her to relocate is that she she was afraid of continuing to live in the United States. It, It sounds much more to be a. I like Russia. I like the people of Russia. I like the experience of living in Russia, uh, which even later on in that conversation, they go back and forth with and Megyn Kelly, who says she's been there a couple times, uh, advocates for separating individuals in any country from the politics and the politicians uh, that run those countries. The same thing happens often when you talk about China, uh, the Chinese people are not directly connected, say, to the decision-making of the Chinese government. And so I, I thought that that was an interesting back-and-forth moment, too. Uh, but again, to me, and maybe I'll visit more of this audio later on, it, it changes. Uh, the perception of some uh, that might be thinking, I, I don't know how many, uh, that the only reason that this is happening is truly a safety concern. It was not thrown out there in, in any sort of direct way uh, that Tara Reid thought continuing to live in the United States was a, a threat to her her life.